When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, and Carmy V in studio Carmy with us v today. Wednesdays. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, where were we on that one, Morris? <laughs> uh, hold on. Everybody oh. cover their ears. There you go. I tried to warn them. We still just caused two car accidents. I apologize. I'm on high level of edge right now, just just to warn myself. And Why? I don't know. I just listened to the flus. I didn't like that press conference. That was that was that. I don't know what boring. That was. I wasn't bored. I just play uh, the play the quarterback. Come on, Tim Boyle. Nobody wants to hear Tim what? Boyle's name. Yeah, who the hell is, is, is Tim Boyle? Is it is Tim Boyle Pat Boyle? Oh, he's a legend. Is it Tim a UConn Doyle? legend. Tim Doyle. Wait, wait, hold on. UConn? Wait, what's hold on? What? It is Tim Boyle? I've right? literally yeah, never Boyle. heard of Tim Boyle. I know I've been following college for the last decade. Yeah, I've no, never heard of Tim Boyle. He's been around. He was on the Packers for a little bit. Yeah, that's he knows Getzy. That's why yeah. Eberflus said uh, that, given his familiarity with Getzy. So here's what you may have missed if you're uh, if you did not hear the update that just came out of Hell's Hall, and that's why we're here to discuss it. And uh, we'll have Nick join us here. Nicholas Moriano join us in a uh, a few minutes once Justin Fields is done talking. But um, so the latest is Justin Fields. Is going to be limited in practice today, as he was last week. Yep. Trevor Simeon will not practice. He's out. He's got the oblique. But it's still day-to-day. They're both day-to-day. No, they're day-by-day. Day. Step-by-step. Day-by-day. Day-to-day. Day day. They're not day-to-day. Day. That Day-to-day is John Fox. Day-by-day is apparently. I would like to announce that I have a loaf around Trevor Simeon. Because I definitely had the thought that they did something aggressive to get him on the field last week yeah. and that yeah, that was going sure. to impact this week and that he probably – oblique injuries just don't go away. Mm-hmm. And he also said that well, – Rodgers is playing through his. That's oh, – okay. Well, I, owners are supposed to play against their team. Wow. I mean, maybe maybe Trevor Trevor played through his last week, but I definitely thought that this is going to be a problem going forward, and I did not mention it on the show. And there is also like when it actually some injuries like when it actually happens, you're okay for like a couple of hours, and then it's like not until the next day that you actually feel sore and you're like in you're down really bad. I've heard that happen to guys too, and also pain injections. All, all that. Adds up, and awesome. I just wish I would have said, I guarantee you the Bears end up signing some quarterback this week, and I probably could have even gone further and figured out that they would try to tie it in with somebody who was connected to Getsy and knew the Packers. So I could have been ahead of the curve on this one, and I just didn't. I didn't you blew I, it. I didn't get all the way there. That's you a Could have, would have, should have. Could have, would have, should have. Well, let's talk about the fact that the uh, 
Not that it matters, by the way. Well, but here's the thing. The Bear, so the Bears go out and, and sign Tim Boyle off the Lions practice squad. Yeah. Tim Boyle uh, has spent time with the Packers. 2018 to 2020. Was he on the Vikings? No. no uh, at least not according to his Wikipedia, which is the deepest dive that I've done right now on <laughs> Tim Boyle. He was undrafted out his, of Eastern Kentucky in UConn. He was with the Packers from 2018 to 2020 in the Lions. His UConn were hysterical. Well, I just know that David Blau ended up on the Vikings. I thought there was like a swap there after cuts or whatever. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's got the connection to Getze. Who cares? The, the, the thing is, though, like, if... If you're just down Simeon, I don't think you go out and sign another quarterback. I think you can get through practice this week with Fields being limited and Nathan Peterman. I mean, I, it, to me, I, it, to add a fourth quarterback just because Simeon's down, I don't know that it screams Justin Fields has a realistic chance to play this week. Yeah. I think that that's exactly what they're it, saying. It kind of tells me there's a decent chance Simeon and Fields both might not, not play, play, and it's going to be Nathan Peterman Sunday, in which case I we might just want to cancel all our plans on Sunday. Well, hold on. And <laughs> first of all, I'm, I'm okay with like a 30-minute post. That's fine. No, yeah. 30 no. pre, 30 post. Well, yeah, I mean, like if you're only... Still come to the tailgate, though, damn it. You need like... You just need a backup. So like you need someone for emergency purposes. No. Like, so if, no. if that's, that's David if, Montgomery's if, if job. between Simeon and Fields, they can't provide emergency services. I don't think they sign they, a fourth they don't quarterback have... unless there's a realistic shot today as they're looking at this weak possibility that Peterman might be their only healthy quarterback. Exactly. I don't think you sign another quarterback unless that's a possibility. Right. That's and with, with all due respect to Nathan Peterman, and Gavin, you're funny in the chat. I love it. We want Peterman, and we might. Peterman. Peter, Peter man. man. We don't want Peter, Peter man. I would rather see Pat Boyle, Tim Doyle, Tim Boyle start than Peterman. Is there any young quarterback out there on some practice squad that we can get up to speed in three days to start on Sunday? Because I'd you, rather see that. Weren't you the one on our pregame show the other day, like rooting for Peterman to play? Yes, but that was, was of course, in. sarcasm, Adam Hogue, and I didn't really mean it. I don't want to see Nathan not, Peterman start a game for the Bears. You're not going to discover, like, a diamond in the rough at Why this not? point. And you're not going to. Why? I, I'd rather take the 1% chance that I could discover a diamond in the rough than start Nathan Peterman. There's nothing to be gained by starting Nathan Peterman. There has to be some young yes, quarterback. there is. Out. There is a draft pick to gain. I was just going to say, like, at this point, you're not wanting. Like, winning. why do you want to be competitive? Tank. Tank. I don't know why I'm doing so many chants today, but I am. I like that RM says Peter Mania. Peter Mania. Okay. You don't have to to even tank at this point. You just have to not play your injured players. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, rest your injured guys. You're not even, you can't even be accused of tanking at that point. I feel a little, I don't know why I feel a little bit nauseous about this and just can't lean completely into. uh, What's left to play for right now? there Other are, than higher okay. draft. Okay. Well, here's, uh, here's the very uh, selfish response a, to that question. I want to see Justin Fields play as much as possible because it's the only interesting thing to still watch this season. Well, yeah. number number one, the Fields part, Carmi, is is good for all of us here at CHGO, and Justin should just play for us. Uh, <laughs> I agree. But, Agreed. But, but, but secondly, and we were having this conversation before the show, and I actually want to know where you come out on this. Okay. I, every, and and Hogue has a, does a great job in his newsletter this week, which we'll cut out, talk about uh, later in the show. And we'll also, we have a doctor coming on at 1220, even though Mubs doesn't want it, uh, to give whether or not Fields should be playing. And this guy is actually very optimistic that he should be playing. And this is a legit doctor who's the head doctor for the White Sox, and he also is with the Bulls too, um, Dr. Nikhil Venry. Is there, is, there, is there a question? 
The question is this. Yes, the question is this. We all agree that Fields has made huge steps and is the quarterback of the future and has solidified that, and we're not worried about it. However, are we not at least a little bit worried that the style of play that he is playing with is not necessarily perfect for long-term quarterback health and that he needs to spend more time in the pocket throwing the football and there's a great opportunity in my mind, at least after the bye week, and he has three weeks to heal up to get out there and work on that, and going into next season, I don't. This is not. I don't. He is not a finished product. No, at all. I've been getting killed for saying this. Well, great, but I, I agree, and I also don't even think it's necessarily. I mean. I don't know that it's not sustainable because like Lamar Jackson is showing us that this kind of style of play is a little bit more sustainable, but the difference between Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, who I think is a prototype for what you want fields to turn into, they can beat you from the pocket. And that is needed at, at points when teams can shut down the run. More than make at you points. Like you need to be able to do you that. You need to be able to do that. Yes. Like you need to be able to beat guys through the air. Like you cannot rely so, solely on your athleticism. I am not, I think Justin Fields is a better runner than both of those guys, quite honestly. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love his dynamicism. I don't we, even know if that's a word. But like he needs, like the reason the Eagles are so good this year is because they are, their offense can beat you in myriad ways. They can beat you all over the place. If you take away the run, Jalen Hurts can beat you in the pocket and vice versa. So I don't, I don't have the faith that Justin Fields can do that quite yet because he hasn't had enough reps. I don't think he can't get there. I, I think Fields is a wonderful quarterback, and I've been getting killed for don't, this. Don't, don't get worried. Gavin Skipper and everybody else in the chat is with you. It's okay. We've, we, have we lost Hogue? We're, we're no, no, I'm just uh, checking a couple of things. One thing is uh, I, I – I meant to check this before the press conferences. I'm so, but I know at least as of last night, I checked the line and the Packers were four point favorites. They're now four and a half point favorites. Half point favor with Boyle uh, on the roster? Well, I just think it's. <laughs> with Fields confirmed being, you know, you know, day by day questionable. Right now, what's going through my head is how much money in the world could be put on the Packers minus four and a half right now? Did you now? see that bet? That, uh, uh, Come on, this is like the Jets game all, like, all over again. Well, going back to right, going back to last week, I, I forget if I think it was DraftKings, but it, it might have been another outlet. I'm not sure. But once the wait, once the Peterman slash Simeon news came out, people put one hundred thousand dollar bets on the Jets that ended up paying. Yeah, I don't exactly know what happened because a bunch of bears always thought that Simeon was playing. But that news got out there in a very weird way while we were doing our pregame show. They weren't thinking about us. It wasn't really a weird way. It was just the team announcing it. That was a weird way. The team. (laughs) Well, it was weird that it wasn't true. Yeah, it was weird that they huddled everybody up to make this announcement and that it wasn't true. I don't know. It was just, it was actually a very professional, normal way, which is not usually how that quarterback news comes about. But they got it wrong. Well, that's what's weird. (laughs) And people made money on it. Uh, multiple players, including I saw Equinemius St. Brown on a podcast yesterday, was like, yeah, we all thought Simeon was playing. No one ever told us he wasn't. And then someone checked Twitter in the locker room before the game, and they were like, wait, Peterman's playing? And there was confusion then in the locker room because of that. And they were like, oh, someone must have just reported something wrong. And it was like, yes, your team. Carmi, you're <laughs> the Bears did. Right. Carmi, you're the top five growing NFL coverage people, oh according to Mina Kimes. Stop. You work for Fox Sports and cover the NFC North. You're on the CHGO Bears podcast with the amazing Adam Hogan 
and me. Have you ever heard of this before in the history of the NFL? Yeah. You have. Hap- it happened, well, not with a quarterback. It happened when I was with the Bucks with Carlton Davis. Um, he was supposed to start. He was injured all week and then got injured in pregame warmups. And they brought in Jamel Dean literally at the last second. Like, it, it happens when there's injuries and warmups. Did the Bucks gather you together and say that whoever you just said was starting? They, I mean, they emailed people and said they did email. Yeah, people. they they emailed and said, "Hey, the Jamel Dean." It's out, very but, normal for them, but it literally happened as the game was kicking off because that's how close the decision went down. Okay, hold on. No, I just want to rewind. Yeah, it, it's not a common thing that happens, but when it does happen, it is normal for the team to announce or there be to some some type of press box announcement. Yeah, that there has sure. been no, a change. I, I, what's not normal is that announcement to be wrong. Yeah, that's what's no, weird. No, I I get that that would be announced, yeah. but to the back end of your lesson to me, how do you get that wrong? Well, that I don't because it's the Bears. I, that's the only and, answer. And at one point, maybe they weren't wrong. It was a oh God, you feel like you know you you hurt your oblique in pregame warmups, Trevor Simeon. Let's so, see if this pain no. medication actually works. And, and, oh, hey, it does. Never mind. You can go back and, out there. And, right, uh, I, I bet that's how it did go down. Like, he probably – the Bears were probably given the wrong information. Simeon was like, yeah, no, I can't do this. And then all of a sudden he went to the Superman Simeon booth and got healthy again, a.k.a. I just – I do think that that speaks to, though, how little faith they have in Nathan Peterman, obviously. Good. Because – Is Nick ready? We should go to Nick because we're on a little Nick. bit of a time crunch today. We, we got a guest coming up here. We'll speak after the show, Carmi. <laughs> It's I hate Nathan Peterman. I just all right, Nick. <laughs> uh, what's your vibe from that press conference? Oh, the vibe? Um, well, whenever you t- sign Tim Boyle, guys, I think that's the vibe right then and there about your QB1 status going into Sunday's game against the Packers. But really, there wasn't anything new in terms of field status for Sunday. It's going to be day-to-day. And Justin did say he did feel – he does feel better now than he did last Wednesday. So that's a positive sign in the right direction for, for QB1. But as of right now, it's still up in the air. And um, you obviously have Trevor Simeon now with the oblique injury that he had in the game against the Jets. And now you're signing Tim Boyle to the to the, to the team, and he has familiarity with Getsy. But, yeah, right now it's still, still up in the air, Adam, is in terms of the vibes of what we're going to see and who we're going to see playing quarterback for the Bears uh, against Green Bay Packers. What? Me? Yes, I'm asking who wants to go next, me or you. Oh. You go. I, uh, I'll go. Hey, <laughs> Nick, make a guess right now. Who starts a quarterback for the Bears on Sunday? And we're holding you to it. And if you say Tim Boyle, I'm actually just going to leave the show right now. <laughs> I think it should be really Tim no Boyle. Point, there's really no point in doing it the rest of the week. Yeah, right. That's fine. <laughs> but who, who? you can guess that. Just you, The point is here, I want you to be right. Uh, yeah, so I don't think it's going to be Justin Fields. I think Trevor Simeon ends up getting the start again. The oblique injury is something that I think, um, it, look, I, I kind of wanted to say Tim Boyle just so Adam can get offset and just, you know, be a good fit. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Simeon, you guys. Um, I know, look, Matty Rafflew said it and so did Justin Fields today. They're not taking it into consideration the bye week. But I don't know, like, when, when you have somebody of that caliber, what Justin Fields means to his franchise it's hard not to do that, especially if you're Ryan Poles in this situation. But both of them are saying just because they have the bye week after this Packers game, that doesn't cons- take into consideration if Justin will play on Sunday. But in my opinion, I think it might be Simeon again. I think I probably what? agree with Nick. I you think, think it's going to be Simeon? I think he's... Then why did they sign Tim Boyle? Because maybe it won't be Simeon. Sure they just had the... Why not? 
They've got 8,000 injured players. You have room for Tim Boyle right now. But they signed him because, <laughs> because he, he knows the Packers and he's going to give them that one piece of information that Don't they really need. And he doesn't and, know them any more than Getsy does. But Getsy, God, you just got you just got shut down so hard. Getsy, Getsy needs a friend. How's that? Getsy wants to. They want to partner together on how to Nick, beat the Packers. Nick, how how did you? How was Justin's mood? How would you read it? Because like you, you, we watched it a little bit, and I know that you know he's kind of down and out when he's injured anyway. But what did what did what was your read on it? Yeah, he was. Um, I don't know. I think he's still uncertain because he was also asked to in the Jets game. Did you think you were going to play? And he said, yeah, he thought he was going to play. So I wonder if that means they're, you know, the higher ups are kind of taking into consideration whether what he should do. But he, he didn't seem too out of it. I mean, obviously, he wants to be out there. He's he's the ultimate competitor. Right, you guys. And when anytime he can't be out there, I think you're going to have your mood come down a little bit. But, yeah, I think for for a guy that missed his first game you know, all season, that's kind of where he's at right now. He looked miserable to me up there, Nick. Am I missing something? You know, I've seen. I think I've just seen it too much. Like it for Just Fields, he's had his up and downs, right? I was going to say, downs, Nick, but... I, 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 he looks like that when when he when he just broke the rushing record. Yeah, up. like he's, like, he's yeah. very stone faced. Like, this is kind of how he too. is in press conference. No, press he was he was he was at least three percent more slumped over. No, but that is, go to the tape. He was three percent more that slumped. That is very over. interesting that he thought he was going to play against the Jets. Like that, yeah, I feel yeah, like they, is significant. That is significant. Yeah, he was asked like, "Did you feel like you were going to play?" He's like, "Yeah." But, you know, obviously he has to go through those three steps, right? Like you got to get cleared from the medical team. You got to get cleared, obviously, with him physically. And then the coach, you know, they'll, they'll have that decision as well. But, yeah, I think it's, uh, like I said, I, I feel like that bye week, there's, there's something to consider there when you have somebody of that caliber and, you know, possibly re-injuring that, that separated shoulder. Like why put him out there so quickly? It just doesn't make sense in my mind. I thought Herb Howard actually asked, asked a really good question with Eberflus asking if there is any consideration given to wanting Fields to, all right, if he does come back and play, keeping him inside the pocket more, making sure that he develops and gets more reps in the passing game. And I feel like Eberflus just danced right around <laughs> that, question, that question. Yeah. And, what are yeah, you doing? You know, that was a really Ravi's talking to me and I'm too. communicating. Guy claimed that I don't Nick. have socks. Get out of here, Ravi. Nick, I'm sorry. No that, one needed that, that, to see that. Yes, Save it for your Ravi, own fans. Ravi needed to see that. <laughs> this, continue on, Nick. I'm sorry about that, but I needed to shoot that down that I'm not wearing socks. You could have just said, I'm wearing <laughs> socks. I, well, I, want, I wanted actual evidence. That's the benefit of being on camera. Keep going. Yeah, from, from here, Mark, it doesn't look like you're wearing socks, but I, I know that you are. Um, yeah, that was a good question from Herb, though. And, you know, like you said, uh, Carmi, like with – he kind of danced around it because he's saying we're always looking to do that to keep our players safe. Right. So we're not going to, you know, do anything to harm them, but yeah, he did dance, dance around that question. But, you know, Justin was also asked, do you want to see more passing attempts um, with, you know, these final five games remaining? And he's like, well, yeah, as a quarterback, you, you know, you, you definitely want to pass the ball, but however you can get it done. He eventually went out to say uh, he's, he's open to doing that for the, for the offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would love to throw the ball more. Can anybody protect me? He didn't add that part in, right? <laughs> he did not. I mean, they have. That's a little unfair. They've, they've been better up front right, at Nick, times. Nick, before we let you go, any other uh, nuggets from the, the two press conferences? 
Yeah, really quickly on uh, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, they are still in the concussion protocol, um, you know, so you still got to wait to see how their status is going to be for this upcoming game against the Packers. But as of right now, um, Ibra Falus did say that those two rookies are still in the concussion protocol. So, you know, more more guys that are injured and we'll see what their status is moving forward. All right. That's disappointing. I want those guys to play too. It's a thin defense right now. Yeah. It is very, very thin. All right, um, Nick, appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you up there at House Hall in a little bit. Sounds good. All right. Adios. Nicholas Moriano, make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Nicholas Moriano, for all the updates on the Bears, what's going on at House Hall, how many times he beats Mark Carmen in ping pong weekly. It's all there on Twitter. I put out a video about also, it Also, how yesterday. many times he goes to the gym weekly. You find that out, too, on his Twitter. Yeah, you know, I... I, I played him yesterday, and it was I was right there. I ended up losing twenty one eighteen, but I was I was my half of my brain was trying to get ready for Luke. I don't know if he saw yesterday's Cubs podcast and his un, unveiling of his his Jordan ones. Oh, you were in a let down look ahead situation, is what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, I mean, Luke's just doing a great job, and he's leaning into everything he should lean into, and someday the Cubs might be good. I it's would I would vote Luke for CHGO MVP, I think. Really? MVP? Yeah. It's a big Wait, comment. Wait, was that MVP or MVP? Eh, we'll decide later. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's, he's, in the, he's in the conversation, but I don't know. MVP. Yeah. You got to think um, about that one. All right. We are going to uh, get a good... We're bringing on a doctor. Yeah. Carm, I'm going to let you introduce... Really? This, this, is, this is your guest. It, it, I, I, I think it's big. I, I'm actually... Curious to hear this though. There's, a, I mean, there's obviously a few things that um, we need to talk about on a, on a few different injuries. Well, yeah. But specifically, when it comes to this shoulder, there seems to be a strong medical opinion out there that you can play through this. Yeah. So, Doctor Nikhil Verma is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox. He's the team physician for the Chicago Bulls. He is joining us now on the CHGO Bears podcast from his palatial doctor estate. I'm very intimidated already. This guy knows more about life than I do. Uh, Dr. Dr. Verma, thanks for uh, joining CHGO. We appreciate it, number one. And number two, I think your take is that, at least at some point, if not this week, that Justin Fields should be good enough to play quarterback again for the Chicago Bears and not be in at least huge risk of further uh, injuring himself and whatever the Bears are going to hopefully be next year, which is a lot better than this year. Is, is that correct, Doctor? Thanks again for joining us. What's You think that Fields can actually get back out there? Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I wouldn't uh, be a betting man to say this week definitively, but I would say that these injuries, AC joint sprains or shoulder separations, are generally treated non-operatively. Um, and in general, patients can often return to full competition somewhere between one to at most six weeks beyond the injury. Now, how do we make that decision about the time frame of when a player's ready to play? Well, it's really based on function and performance, right? So even though they're not at risk of having another injury, if they can't hand the ball off because it's too painful or it impairs their ability to move the way that Justin needs to do to be successful on the field, then it doesn't really help the Bears or him to be to be playing. So how big of a risk, if any, is there for doing more damage playing? Other than, I guess, if you take the same exact hit that caused the injury to begin with. But, uh, I mean, it, there's got to be at least some risk, but how big a risk is it? Yeah, there, there is some risk. We think the risk is relatively small. You hit the nail on the head 
which is if you take the same injury and uh, the same hit again, you can take, for example, a grade one or a grade two injury and make it a grade four or a grade five injury. Having said that, there are players that have been able to successfully rehab from a grade three, four, or even five injury themselves. And many times we won't recommend surgery in those situations unless they can't complete a rehab, but it'll certainly delay his recovery. And if he were to, to re-injure that shoulder, potentially put him out for the rest of the year. The one that comes to mind is Matthew Stafford, when he was a, a, a rookie with the Lions, had this AC joint injury, went back and played, re-injured it, and then eventually required off-season surgery. Now, there are lots of examples of players that have had AC joint separations that went back and didn't have that sequelae, but it's not fair to say that the risk is zero. Uh, what about, because it, it was also, or Fields also said that he had partially torn tendons in that area. Is that referring to the AC joint or is that something separate? And if it is something separate, does that increase the risk for further injury? So the, the quote that I read was partially torn ligaments. Um, it may have been quoted differently in different sources, but tendons and ligaments are very different when you're talking terminology. Now, obviously in the lay person denominator or, or in his mind, they may be the same, but for physicians, they're, they're really two different things. Tendon injuries would not be associated with the AC joint. That would be more like problems with the rotator cuff which would be a much more substantial injury and one that we'd worry about much more in terms of progression of the injury or re-injury and even start contemplating surgery. Having said that, the AC joint is that tiny joint up on the top of your shoulder right here, and it's where the collarbone and the shoulder blade meet. And like any joint, that joint is held together by ligaments. And the degree of injury to the ligaments is how we get to the different degrees of strains or separations of AC joint. A very low-grade injury is essentially a strain of the ligament, but the ligament remains structurally intact. We get all the way to grade five injuries where both sets of ligaments are torn and the joint is completely loose and asymmetric compared to the opposite side. So what we really worry about is if you have a grade one injury, we think about that as the ligament being stable, the ligament is still intact, it's a pain issue, you need to manage the pain to allow for return of function. But like we said earlier, unless you take the exact same hit, it's very unlikely for that ligament to tear. And there's probably a, only a very small risk of the ligament actually being injured further versus a very high grade injury where the ligament's already torn. My guess is he's on the lower grade just based on the discussion that we've seen in the, uh, in the press to date. There's a bunch of people in the comments here, doctor, that are saying that uh, you know, once you do separate it, it's a lot easier to uh, re-injure it. Is that accurate? No, I wouldn't say it's accurate. I think what happens is once you separate it and you go back when you're not completely recovered, you exacerbate the pain symptoms, which means that the course of the recovery can take longer, right? If you completely rest an injury, it may get better in two weeks, but we have all seen injuries where they're playing on it and it's, and it's painful for the remainder of the season. But um, once this injury is completely healed, we really don't think about it as an injury that's gonna cause structural problems down the line or barring another traumatic event like this, that he's gonna have another injury to the AC joint next year or the year after. So what do you do for the pain management then? Because it is, from what I hear, a very painful injury, but that it is. is, it's kind of one of those things where if you can play through the pain, fine. Is there something you can do to mitigate that? And what do you do for these athletes to get them so through? Ice, you know, all the typical things that we think about ice, he's probably in the training room a lot. They're using all the different modalities to decrease rain, uh, excuse me, swelling and inflammation. Uh, Anti-inflammatories are helpful. Things, things like Toradol. This is an injury that sometimes depending on the situation, you know, Sock stock here, we're in the World Series. We need a guy to come out and play a last inning. We may do an injection into that joint, but there's only so much that'll get you and only so long it'll last. And there are complications associated with the injections themselves. So 
you know, I, I tweeted about this earlier in the week. And the reality is, as a physician, uh, as a coach, as the management side, what you've really got to decide is holding them out an extra week or so in the long-term scheme of things for a player like this, who you're hoping is going to be the future of your franchise, that probably seems like a pretty good trade-off to me versus trying to rush him back for a season that probably doesn't mean a whole lot at this point other than his development. Right. So if this was the Super Bowl, you'd give him the turtle, hope that it lasts, and let, let's go. Let's try to win the biggest game ever. If this was the Green Bay Packers and you were trying to get the number one overall pick, there's just no way you're playing him, logically. Right? Yeah, I mean... You know, the example I would give you is, and I'm blanking on the name, but there was a Philadelphia Eagles player who played in the Super Bowl, maybe I'm going back 10 years or so, who had an ankle fracture, had it fixed, and I think played three, maybe four weeks after the injury. You guys might remember who I'm talking about. You know, that's an injury where regular season, a guy's not back for eight weeks. Super Bowl, maybe you give it a try. You know, similar to um, there was a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox where they actually sutured his tendons back into place to get him to throw one additional game. You remember where they were, everybody was showing the blood on the socks. So obviously in certain situations, we stretch the envelope a little bit to try to give a player an opportunity to go knowing what's involved, what the risks are involved are. It's a decision-making that we make between the player uh, and ourselves, but you also got to look at the season realistically and understand is, is it really worth the risk, especially in a younger player like this, who's got a lot of football remaining. Doctor Bears had two players uh, go out this week with season-ending injuries. Key players, and I'm cu- they're out for the year. I'm curious, kind of the long-term effect, how it could affect the off-season, things like that. Let's start with Darnell Mooney. We're obviously very uh, used to players coming down with high ankle sprains, as a relatively common injury in football. But I, I'm not sure. I remember one recently where the sprain was so bad. It sounds like it's well. He is going to have surgery. So I don't know. Is it is it more than a high ankle sprain? How do you, how do you explain what that injury actually is, and how serious is this? Because I've certainly seen ankle injuries that um, players aren't necessarily ever the exact same. At when you start talking about torn ligaments and that stuff having to be uh, repaired. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to hypothesize here based on what I know about it. But a high ankle strain is essentially the ligaments that hold the two bones in your leg together. So you've got the big bone on the inside of your leg, which is called the tibia, the small bone on the outside of the leg, which is called the fibula. And there's very strong ligaments that hold those two bones together. A high ankle sprain is essentially a sprain of the two ligaments so that the the space between those two bones is not staying as consistent as it should. The vast majority of high ankle sprains are just that. They're just injuries to the ligament. They're painful. That ligament takes time to heal. We can see issues where that ligament actually ruptures. It's called the syndesmosis. And you get widening of the joint so that it can no longer hold the ankle stable. And in those situations, we do some specific MRIs. We stress the ankle under fluoroscopic evaluation so we can look at it under an x-ray. And if that space is getting too wide, that's the indication when we generally put a screw across it or a suture across it to hold it in the proper position to keep the edges of the ligament opposed so that it heals properly. And the reason we do that is because if it heals with resultant instability, it can really cause problems to the ankle later and can cause future issues. That is an injury where I would, yes, he'll be out for the year, but I'd have a really favorable prognosis, you know, if we were going to go through a draft or a player signing, that I'd be comfortable bringing that player in next year. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah, what about the Liz Frank? I was say, could you talk more about the Liz Frank injuries too? Because I know those are really fickle and very painful, also. Yeah. But they they almost vary by by person, right? And, and a quick quick addition yeah. to that question: just there, they said with Eddie Jackson, they're still 
determining whether or not he needs surgery on the Liz Frank. So if you could explain, like, what would maybe go into that decision? Sure. So the Liz Frank is basically a huge ligament that sits on the bottom of your foot, and it maintains the arch of your foot. So the, the, if you think about it, your foot is almost like a Roman arch where you have a series of bones that make an arch over the top that are stabilized by a ligament to maintain that structure. When the ligament is gone, the stability of that arch starts to fail. And so there are levels of ligament injury. Some of the ligament injuries are, yes, it's highly sprained, but the arch is overall maintained. So all we need to do is to protect that arch and let that heal. Those patients are generally treated in a cast or a boot. They have to be off the leg for a period of time. Similar to the high ankle sprains, that ligament takes some time to heal, but we can expect a, a very full recovery. In other cases, we see frank disruption of the ligament and we see loss of contour of that arc. And we often see that associated with fractures. My guess is that in this situation, we see that the ligament is sprained, but the arch is maintained because once the arch is lost, there's really no situation in which you would not consider surgery. You need to fuse those joints. You need to get them back into position. So to be honest with you, if the arch is maintained and they're able to treat that non-operatively, that's a very favorable prognosis because you expect everything to heal and function normally. If the arch is not maintained and we start having to do things like putting screws across them or fusing joints, that's when you start potentially losing range of motion within the foot itself. And those can be injuries that that are more worrisome from a long-term prognosis. So the comment that I would make is the fact that they're on the fence about whether surgery is necessary or not is probably the best prognosis um, in terms of what the long-term injury looks like for the player. This one might be slightly out of your expertise, but the Bears were complaining about the turf in which uh, Eddie Jackson got hurt and it was non-contact injury. Well, it's not just the Bears. I'm sorry. The, NF- the NFL and, and the Giants and the Jets are switching out this slit turf to something new next year. It's, it may or may not be grass, most likely not going to be grass, like 99%. Uh, if, if you were advising, Dr. W- uh, team, like, hey, what kind of turf should I use? Would you just say you absolutely have to use grass or, you, or you're making a mistake to the, you know, and putting guys that you're investing zillions of dollars in at risk? Yeah, I, so I would say a couple things. Number one is, fortunately, with the White Sox, we're really fortunate that we have one of the best in the business uh, taking care of our field, and it generally is in pretty good shape. But as you guys know, and having been to Soldier Field, that's not always the that's not always the situation in Shoulder Field itself. So you've got to think about the environment that you live in, and is a is a badly uh, formed grass field better than a very consistent turf field? Now, remember, we're not in the days where we used to use the old AstroTurf that we all clearly recognize was an injury maker. And the newer turfs, I think, are much more forgiving. Having said that, when you do talk to athletes, I still think that they feel a difference between playing a game on even the more contemporary turf versus well-kept grass. So if you had your choice and we were in Arizona or we were in a place where a grass field is going to be able to be maintained and be maintained well throughout a season, yeah, I think all of us would choose a graph situation. But, you know, as I said, here in Chicago, we know what that field looks like in December. And is that really a better situation than a, a very consistent turf field? I'm not sure that we have the data to support that. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is interesting in regards to the Bears, assuming they do get their new stadium, right? And yeah, what kind of field are you going to put in there? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I, I'm not up to date on the technology, but I have to imagine – the technologies evolved to the point where maybe with lighting and irrigation systems, especially if we go to a dome, you know, who knows? Maybe there's the ability to keep a, a very well-maintained grass field in a dome situation. Right, well, last there one are for stadiums you. that have figured that out. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
The last one that I want for you go here, Doctor. Is there a chance that Justin Fields is 100% after the bye week, or is this going to be something that won't be 100% until after the season? You know, I don't know that anybody's 100% by this time in the season. What I would tell you is that um, with two or three more weeks with a low-grade AC joint separation, it's his non-dominant, non-throwing arm. I would go so far as to say I don't think it'll be a factor in his performance beyond that time. Might he be a little achy, a little bit sore? Yeah, and that's probably not going to go away completely by the end of the season because you're still going to get hit. He's still going to be going to the ground. He might not directly fall onto the side of the shoulder, but he's going to impact the shoulder. So I think that we could get to the point where it's not a factor in performance um, uh, by that time. All right, Doctor, great stuff. We really Thank appreciate you. it. A uh, lot of great insight. I know our, our listeners and all the Bears fans uh, watching, listening, appreciate it too. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Dr. Nikhil Verma. He's, he's great. I've talked to him before about White Sox. Uh, that was my first Nikhil Verma. Yeah. Love that doctor. We had uh, I did a story with him. I think during like when COVID was hitting, hitting and baseball was shut down, and just the impacts of all that. It was very. He's very, very good. So appreciate him coming on. That's awesome. Um, my, can I just give away my takeaway from now from from all that? Yeah. Don't play Justin Fields. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I mean, like, like you add everything up, and as much as I definitely would rather sit here Sunday and watch Justin Fields play and do shows pre and post game of Justin Fields playing, you add it all up, and it's like well. When he got to the Matthew Stafford point, I was like, okay, we don't want that. Yeah. We don't yeah, want and the that. off chance that he and ends then, up t- sustaining the same hit. Well, and, and the last question you asked was great, which was, you know, what's this, what could this look like in a couple weeks? And it was yeah. basically like, yeah. yeah, a couple weeks, there's probably no risk of it impacting how he's playing, which is one of my other fears. Like, I, right. even if he plays Sunday, I don't want him compensating for it. And being afraid yeah. he's going to get hit because I just think that like in his state at his stage of his development, that's already a fragile thing with him reading the field and feeling pressure and seeing things, and it's just like you don't want in the back of your mind you having this painful shoulder, even if it's your non throwing shoulder. Well, that I also think like any hesitation whatsoever lends itself to more injuries. Like just because you're thinking too much, you're hesitating on things, you're you know, pulling up when maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, you're more reluctant to hate, t- take any hits. And I feel like that can lead to, you know. Case in point, Justin Fields. Remember yeah. Remember how he had the cramps, and then he said his legs were tired, and then they, you know, he clearly wasn't 100%, and then they ran him. And then he died. And then, then he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's we, we want I, to avoid that. And any other died. moment, <laughs> even earlier in that game, he easily would have gotten out of bounds and not taken a hit in that situation and had two healthy, nice shoulders. So this is where I get to uh, invoke Jordan into the show one more time. We gotta have like a like a button. Well, I when, I mean, when or like an over under counter and yeah. how every show how many minutes it takes for him to mention Jordan. Yeah. Well, so what I when Jordan broke his foot and came back, he was hooping in Carolina. Didn't tell him he was he was it was in the pool going nuts. I like if I was the Bears. And I, I and, and they, they put him on limited minutes and all that stuff. If I was the Bears, I would not play Justin Fields until Justin Fields like, you better put me on the field or else I'm going to kill you. Basically, like, I, I wouldn't, I would want him over the top. I can play. You ha- let me play. Like, if he's the... Well, I think there's also a culture, though, too, that you have to think that comes into play with Justin, at least, because... From the players I've talked, like I've talked to players that have had the AC injuries, the mm-hmm. AC joint injuries, and they're like, "Yeah, I played those. I played through those. They shot me up, and I was good." Right. And like, there's right. like, there's very much like a, there's an underlying culture there where it's like, bro, it's just pain. 
that that's get, where like, yeah. play through it. Like, what are you? You're yeah, not, you're yeah, not yeah, a little, yeah, no. you know, whatever. That, but that is where you can 100% not convince me right now that there's not other factors at play here, like draft picks. Yeah. And yeah. what's best for the long-term picture. And I'm not sure. I think, I think Justin Fields is probably already, like, making his case to play. Especially if he thought he was already going to play against the Jets. So, like, yes, I think that there's other things that people are like, no. I, I agree this, with this you. This isn't up to Justin Fields. I agree with you. Like, if they were fighting for the playoffs, he'd, he'd be out there. I think he would have been out there against the Jets. Probably would have been. I, I agree. But I, I don't think that – I also don't think that they're just like, let's, like, let's get as high of a pick as possible. It's more like we're out of it. I'm no, making, I think I'm it's making a vi- weighing the pros right. and cons. Yeah. Right. No yeah. one's saying I'm not saying he's healthy and they're purposely not playing him for draft picks. Right. I think he'll I think he will one hundred percent play after the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If he doesn't this week. But um all right, real quick, I want to tell you about Com Ed and uh, their lighting options for you because the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills. It's a win-win for everybody, right? Environment, your energy bill, don't spend as much money. It's nice. Uh, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. You can... uh, contact ComEd. You can acquire about upgrading outdated lighting to energy and money, saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting, and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to ComEd.com slash poweringbiz. Right now, you can start saving money and energy right there. And to start a project, contact ComEd at 1-855-433-2700. You can also email businessee at comed.com. And there's nothing more important, team, than what you feed your friends, your family, yourself. You should be feeding yourself and coming to our tailgate to eat. Green Ridge Farm, the Chicago local meat and cheese company, offering the best, the better, the supreme all-natural option, makers of the all-natural deli meat sausages, and of course, you know it, you love it, their famous meat sticks. All-natural, hardwood smoked for eight hours, 16 grams of amazing, delicious protein per stick, chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili, they're all there for you. Just come out to the tailgate and 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 try it out if you're if you're even the least bit skeptical. That's a great way to eat and realize you just want to go to Green Ridge Farm every day. Uh, also, if you're at Costco, Sam's Club, or any local Chicagoland grocery store, you're going to find them in the refrigerated section. But right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, don't forget to do that. Those meat sticks will be free. Simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. GreenRidgeFarm.com. Three meat products. Put in the meat sticks. They're free. Use that promo code CHGO. Mm. There you go. Um, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is not practicing today. Yeah. But um, Matt Eberflus was adamant that they are preparing for, for him. He, he, he said, yeah, LaFleur yeah. uh, said that he was going to practice this week. But Rogers said yesterday, even on McAfee, that he wasn't going to practice Wednesday. But he hasn't really been practicing on Wednesdays anyway. So 
Um, that's been like kind of the norm. But yeah. Lafleur said he anticipates that Rodgers will practice at some point this week, so just not today. Yeah. And we'll be able, we'll have a lot more uh, in depth Packer breakdown for you tomorrow when Nick and Will get together for their Thursday preview episode. By the way, what are you doing with Bears After Dark tomorrow night? There is no Bears After Dark uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we are having uh, a, wow. Yes, uh, is that true? As far as I know, it's true. I don't think you're correct in that assumption. What? That's what Carm told me, but. Uh, we should probably get that figured I, out. I'm pretty sure we're doing like a six to seven type thing. Okay. Hey, I'm listen, I'd rather do the show than not do the show. So let's do the show. And Carmy wants to do the show. I know you do. Bears yeah. After Dark. Sure. 5.30. 5.30. There's a 5.30 show tomorrow. Okay, great. 5.30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's sort of a Bears After Dusk. Bears I mean, it is after dark at 5.30. It gets Correct. dark here so at 4.30. Yeah. So it's after dark. Okay, uh, great. 5.30 tomorrow. We will be here. So what am I doing? We're going to have a great show. Well, I was asking. <laughs> uh, we're going to be good. Our, our listeners and viewers probably don't know that we have a holiday party tomorrow night. So that's why I was yeah. asking. And I was kind of hoping that it was all going to be happening at the same place at the same time. I, yeah. And that would have been epic. We could have just been... all just run on set and yelled at them and bothered them. Hey, come one, come all. Let's go. <laughs> Set up four chairs. Whoever wants to hang out tomorrow night, I'm, I'm down. I, I, I'm planning on going out to Hallis Hall today, if not tomorrow, if not both. Definitely one of the two and uh, having some good stuff from the locker room along with our always dynamic conversation right here. High five. Let's go. I'm, like, uh, I'm underneath that. Yeah, yeah no, we're good. Yeah. Uh, sh- sh- but before that, should we, should we talk about your newsletter there, Sir Ho? Let's do it. So everybody should be reading uh, Adam's newsletter and get to the diehard level because it's the best level to be at uh you wrote today bears things how many building blocks are on this roster yeah um carmy feel free to disagree he's got three building blocks that are uh, that are highly graded the quarterback the right guard and tevin jenkins and sand god (laughs) jack sanborn (laughs) those are those are the three the weird thing is, is when he when he said the quarterback, he meant Nathan Peterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I meant Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah, that's you, that had, you had the foresight on yeah, that. I was <laughs> unlike Carm, I was ahead of the game on Tim Boyle. I, you, knew, he, I knew he was coming. You, right. If they if they had announced that earlier, you would have. Yeah. He would have been in the piece. Um, but I, I think like right at the start, when you look at this, highly graded players uh, signed through at least twenty twenty four. That includes the entire rookie class. And there's one person from the rookie class that Hogue's willing to put on there, and that's the undrafted Jack Sanborn, yeah. which might not speak particularly yeah. generously of the, of the GM. Well, that, look, that was my first. Like, why not yeah. Kyler and Jaquan? Well, well, just so let me explain here a little bit, because I use my grades that you hear about every week. And so the first category are players who are playing at at least the long-term starter category and are also signed through at least 2024, meaning that at the end of the season, they still have two more years left on their contract. The only three players on the entire roster that meet that criteria that are playing as a long-term starter and are signed through at least two more seasons are Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, and Jack Sanborn. And I even mentioned with Sanborn, not totally convinced he's your future Mike Linebacker. Actually, if you heard Matt Eberflus today, he had some criticism of Sanborn. Tackling too high. Got to bring those to him. He did have some missed tackles in that game, but obviously with his instincts and him being all over the field, he's a piece that um, I would at least put him in Sharpie as the starting Sam linebacker next yeah. year at minimum. 
Um, so then there are players who are obviously playing at a high level who are not signed beyond 2023. Right. So your extension candidates are kicker Cairo Santos, who's been Johnny consistent. Mm-hmm. Tight end Cole Komet, who I have a crush on. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney, uh, who's injured, but you still are believing that he'll come back. Cornerback Jalen Johnson, which I thought you had a really some interesting comments there. I'll read one. I'll read what you said. Let's have. Let's. I'm going to read to you today, team. Real quick, these players are all players who are signed through next season. They're definitely right. coming back. Exten- yeah. Extension candidates. What we're talking yeah. about. Johnson's value is hurt by having only one interception and two forced fumbles in 37 career games. Is how you wrapped it up, and you know, the fluce hits. Uh, hits. Hits principal takeaways. He's not a takeaway cornerback. But he's clearly their number one cornerback, so it's interesting that you underline that, Mr. Well, Hogg. I kind of I said it sort of has Roquan Smith vibes to it. I could see Jalen Johnson's camp saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm one of the best corners in the league. If we're going to talk extension, I want to be paid like that. And the Bears could be like, hey, wait a minute. Um, there's a lot of other evidence here that says you actually should not be paid to the top level that cornerbacks are paid because – and most importantly for this defense and their emphasis on takeaways, you don't actually take the ball away. So I'm not – if I had a guess right now, and granted it's only uh, November 30th of 2022, I don't think Jalen Johnson has a contract extension before this next season starts. Carmi? Yeah, I mean, like, he missed a few games too, so that – goes into his like season long stats and kind of the tangible things that he could use. Remember he's briefly demoted during OTAs too. Yeah. So I don't know how much I I, I thought yeah. that was a thing. I still think it's a thing. I I was I was I don't know how much stock to put into that. But I I mean cornerbacks are hard because cornerbacks I feel like are one of the most emotional positions on the field and so like you're absolutely going to get what you were saying before of him being like, I want to be played like one of the top corners in the league because I have some of the best receivers telling me that they're scared to go up against me and all this other stuff. And the tangible stuff though, isn't really there at least this season. But then again, like, but they don't, that they, the whole unit is like, that's not totally true though. I mean, the tangible part of the tangible, they don't throw at him or at least they hadn't been. Yeah. And that matters. Yeah. That does. And that impacts takeaways that does. too. Yeah. I'm not saying it's don't bring Jalen Johnson back. I, I like Jalen no, Johnson yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm just saying that I don't the, – the, honestly, the, I think there's two overall takeaways of this whole thing as we continue to talk about it. I mean, one is I don't know that there's a single player on the roster that has zero questions because even the three guys I mentioned off the top, Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, Sanborn, I feel great about Fields, but he still does need to – prove himself as a passer okay um before you give him the type of money that some teams are regretting like the cardinals giving kyler murray for example um you know i don't think the bears are gonna be in that position i'm not trying to start that i'm just saying they're they're, even even with fields there's at least a little bit of a question that still needs to be answered with jenkins love jenkins i think it's one of the best developments of the season but if you're the bears you also got to be like What's going on here with his back and this hip issue? And, and can he stay and healthy? Is this is this you know? I think he's starting next year. I think he's one of your starters. But beyond that, you know. So the point, and even with Sanborn, like it's a four game sample size that we're still operating on right now mm-hmm. that he's been a starter. Mm-hmm. So 
I would give you three guys that you know exactly what you're going to get. Okay. Just off the top of my head, I, I, I think you, I think you actually know exactly what you're getting, Jalen. I, I like that is a that is a fixed property that you can rely on. I'm not saying he's the best cornerback in football, but he's a very good cornerback and he's going to be solid for you. I wouldn't be worried about it. I would but say, you have, but you, but but you could say the same thing about Roquan Smith. You have to still come to the middle ground on the contract for him to be here long term. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The, the, the money is a whole other thing, but like. It's, which is which is also the same thing. I'm gonna say like I, I think you know exactly what you're getting with David Montgomery. That like there is there's no gray area there. He is going to get you tough yards. He is going to be professional. He is somebody that you want on your football team, and you have to figure out the money. And I would say I actually would say the same thing about the punter. Uh, I the, Trenton Gill is. I believe in that dude 100%. And by the way, we said on the show last week that the dude should be doing kickoffs uh, after we saw him do kickoffs, and the Bears did that last week. So way to go, Bears. I knew you were listening to the show, and you were following everything we said you should do. Oh, Richard Hightower is a huge fan of this show. Richard Hightower loves this program. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, now let's get back to the question that you asked, Carmi, off the top. Like, well, wait a minute. What about Jaquan Brisker? What about... Kyler Gordon. Can I read you what he wrote and just and follow up? And I want to read everybody hoaxing. I think safety Jaquan Brister is a building block, but the reality is that his grades haven't reflected that quite yet. Kyler Gordon, continuing on, I love reading to you. This is everybody gather around. Kyler Gordon almost certainly will be a starting cor- cornerback next year, but he needs to be more consistent to get his hands on the ball more before he p- can be considered a piece the Bears are building around. Go ahead. All right. I mean, the current grades make more sense than I get. Like, Right, right. The, the, the reality this is, is what they've done so far. That's why I put them in a category, jury yes. still out, because do I think Jaquan Brisker is a building block? Yes. Do I think Kyler Gordon can be? Yes. But, look, the thing about covering this league is the more you cover it, the more you realize that, like, what is the percentage of players in the NFL who are actually, like, proven players that to the way you put it carb that you know exactly what you're going to get overwhelmingly like at least over 60 maybe approaching 70 percent of the league are journeymen guys who are just trying to survive if we're being honest whether they're starters or backups or special teamers like there's there's that's why i have separate categories for even starters because there's plenty of starters that you look at and you're like yeah well we can replace them with a different guy who's still starting caliber there's very few players, even on a Super Bowl championship team, that are like top tier, deserve the money that they actually get. Um, so it's just not a guarantee that Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, I'd say, you, especially in Kyler Gordon's case, is going to work out. But that, like, I mean, I love Jack Sanborn. I love the story as much as the next person. But then that makes me like I don't I don't get why Jack Sanborn then is listed because like his sample size is even smaller. Well, no, it's a fair point. That's why like, I made it very clear in the piece that it's based on their current grades. Sanborn has played to that level. It is a small sample size, but but I agree with you. That does not mean even in his case that it's that it's it does not mean that Jack Sanborn's three years from now going to be a better player than Jaquan Brisker is. Uh, like I'm, I'm thinking this, I guess, as more of like cornerstones than like in the type that in the way that like Roquan Smith was a cornerstone for that defense, and like is Jack Sanborn, Roquan Smith. Well, let, let's put it this way: if this thing is going to work out, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker better be right. Cause, cause, yeah, because thousand percent. He 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 being Ryan Poles, he has to have a very high success rate. 
from last year's draft to this coming year's draft and probably the one after that too to get to where they really want to go. He's got to be hitting at a very high level. By the way, I also mentioned Braxton Jones in that category of jury still being out. I think he could be considered a building block. Still has to show more consistency, especially against mm-hmm. elite speed rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless, I think the Bears would be wise this offseason to sink more money into the offensive line. And yes. I'm yeah. not sure. A thousand percent. Jones has done enough to be like, hey, if there's an elite left tackle that wants to come here and you're willing to pay him, I don't know that you skip that move just because you're hopeful that Braxton Jones is going to be that guy, you know? No, I mean, totally. I, yeah, I think it's fairly obvious at this point that your first pick that you're taking is going to be one of the defensive linemen, if assuming that they're or tackle. Yeah, mm, offensive uh, tackle. I don't. I if I had to bet, I would say that you're either picking a D end or a D tackle, one of the two. Assuming I think you're if up you're there. drafting at two or three, you're probably right. If you're if they if they if fall to seven, it's okay. such a hard time. Like I know Jalen Carter's fantastic and he's a perfect three tech, but like taking him that high, I feel like would be really. Well, I think it, Will Anderson, yes. Well, and that gets into I don't. It's not exactly apples to apples, but like, but yeah, positional value matters because yeah. yeah, we talked about this with Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith was a slam dunk pick that worked out, that basically did everything right, and you still needed to trade them because at the end of the day, you're like... You don't want to pay them. You don't pay those guys. And yep. so if you're drafting a position that you're not going to pay in four years, there's no point in drafting them that high. Well, am I... I've, I've made this point before, too, when it comes to certain position groups, namely the offensive line, you have a GM who prides himself on his evaluation of offensive linemen. Like, I think Paul says to himself and his staff, I can hit on a second, third, fourth offensive linemen in in those rounds and so I don't need to spend that premium capital necessarily on that because I trust my evaluation and finding guys later rather than spending that capital on them and then if you're not taking that positional value like position taking into account positional value I feel like you don't need a quarterback if you have the edge rusher I feel like edge rushers come at a premium you can build an entire defense around an edge rusher a la the Dallas Cowboys um and whatever Micah Parsons is honestly but yeah I mean like I said it before like as the D-line or interior lineman I like as much as good as Jalen Carter is if you're picking second or third I just think I think the counter though is for this defense though it like it requires a three technique right they yeah. for what they're trying to do and Corey Wooten's here every Monday being like get him out they, they, they need a th- they need yeah. an interior lineman to actually penetrate and so it that's where Positional value can also be different depending on what scheme you're running. Yeah, that's and, true. And I think for this defense, you can make an argument that getting that three technique is just as important as getting the outside pass, pass rusher. Well, if you look at what they've done, the the biggest move that they almost made was Larry Okunjobi. They know damn well they need that three technique. It didn't work out. So It's probably good it didn't work out. I was going to say, do we think that Larry Okunjobi would have been no. what they need? And like would have sustained I, them anyway. Honestly, I have no idea. But they, but the, but the fact of the matter is, that they offer him the biggest contract, and so like, to but me, then they found out he wasn't what they thought they he right, was. Right, right, and, like and they made and, the decision not and, to give it to him. Right, and they were lucky to get out of it. But like, I, I just think like, if they're in a position to draft Will Anderson, they're, I think that's what they're doing. 
yeah. on, on November not, the 30th. I, just, I also think that, like, there's a really big opportunity for them to trade down at that well, point. And, and that's where I think if I had my preference, I, if, you, if there's a scenario where you could trade back to, like, number seven, number eight, depending yeah. on who has those picks, add a future first rounder, whether it's next year or you're maybe trading with a team that has multiple ones this year, I don't know. Um, Peter Skaronsky, to me, already is kind of like Quentin Nelson was in the idea of not in the, they're, they're the same player, play the same way. They play different positions. But I was so convinced that Quentin Nelson was a lock, like safe. You know this dude is starting for you for day one and is going to be dependable. I feel the same way about Skaronsky mm-hmm. already. Davis, so, Davis, so you move back four I, spots and you land, you land a tackle. You know what you have because let's not forget you still have to get Justin Fields' help on that side of the ball, and you add another first rounder. That's to me, that's the grand slam. That's hitting the grand slam. So you're saying move back in the first round, but still move back in elite tackle get an, and get, but more get picks. an extra first round pick. Yeah, for that, yeah. Okay, yeah. you still got to get that three technique at some point. You're either gonna have to pay huge. Yeah, but. But you so can. The, That's the other thing, we, too. We might have a couple more uh, conversations about this as uh, the draft. Uh, no, no. We got de- yeah. to figure it all out today. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we also need to tell you about DraftKings before we get out of here. Let's go. Because it's very important, and they're our friends, and we like them very much. And we love them. I love hanging out with DraftKings uh, on a nightly basis, which is kind of, you know, I don't know. It's a good thing. DraftKings. Do you need the ad read? No, I got it. Okay. Uh, Official sports betting partner of the NFL. My go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. And check this out because everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Yeah, that parlay, it it didn't work yesterday. Shocker. Good effort. Why are you so anti-Weston McKinney? He almost scored twice in the game before. Almost doesn't count. Okay, well, that's accurate. I just didn't expect him to sub them out with, like, half the game still left. Uh, go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And it is time to download the Game Time Ticket app and get yourself a sweet seat to see Pat Boyle play quarterback for the Bears on Sunday versus... No, no, Tim Doyle. Tim Doyle, right. Pat Boyle, Tim. Tim Doyle. What's up, Mary Sandberg? Um, okay. You want to get into Beardom on Sunday right now in game time? This is the best price you'll get right now. I, w- I recommend just wait till game time. Uh, literally come to the tailgate, have six beers, and then go on the game time ticket app, and that's when you should do it. But if you want to go right now, 298 bucks for two tickets up top, which, by the way, is less than face value. So, yes, there is value uh, right there for you, as per always. That's what you're doing when you're doing game time tickets is getting value. You can do it for sports, concerts, shows, and you can go 50-yard line. You can go last row corner. You can go whatever, wherever you want to be. They've got it for you. You know this. You love it. Download that game time app like 15 million other people. And also, hey, if you want to support us, if you love CHGO, 
uh, the best way to do it is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Make it a win-win for one and all. We appreciate you, and we appreciate Game Time Tickets. Can't wait for the tailgate Sunday. Make sure you're out there. We're, we're going to be out there, and we can't wait to hang out with you before the game. we got some super chats to get to before we close out the show. What do we got, Lawrence? All right, so first off, uh, since it is right around 1 o'clock, let's go with uh, Enrique, who, who said uh, Mexico's on at 1 o'clock. Let's go Mexico. Let's go Poland. Thank you, let's Enrique. Go Poland. Polska. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, then we've got Vibin' with the Dogs. He had a couple, couple super chats for us. So we'll hit this one first. He said, man, we're down bad. Peterman's season is upon us. <laughs> Peter May. Peter 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 like what Peter if he just comes out though and like he is the starting quarterback against the Packers and like just has the game of his life and at Soldier Field and like this entire stadium just rallies around him like and then the Packers end up drafting higher than the Bears because of Nathan Peterman because yes exactly Mike Ouch. White Nathan Peterman <laughs> Bears well, that would actually be a very very Bears thing to happen and Nathan Peterman would go down as like one of the most Notorious. Notorious, <laughs> like, Bears quarterbacks on a list that's already full of, like, Kate McNowns and We love you, Peterman. Oh, yes, we do. We don't love anyone as much as you. Okay, so then uh, Vibin also threw us another super chat. But Thank you, you weren't Vibin. going for all of that, guys. No. Like, uh, you see what I deal with every day here? He <laughs> when you're not with us, okay, enough. we're you blue. Mute him. Yeah, we can. Okay, so we've muted him. Uh, we could trade for Buckner and trade down for Skaronsky. I like how Adam's mind works. I like works. that. Uh, okay. Trade down for Skaronsky. Take that other first-round pick. Flip it for Buckner. And there's your three technique and your left tackle. That's over my pay grade right now. I'll have to evaluate that trade and get back to you. I like that. Be honest. And then finally, uh, oh, this not this guy. Brad, a super chat, but it's a guy Brad. It was his birthday yesterday. He said he, he he wants the crew to ask my question to Carmi once again. Does she believe Aaron Rodgers will retire in the offseason? Like I believe no. he will rise. Right. No, I think that there is a chance that he might not be a Packer, but no, he's not going out like this. There's absolutely no way he's going out like this. Wow, like, who's gonna trade for that contract? Stranger things have happened. Matt, Matt Ryan carries like a $40 million dead cap hit to the Falcons, and they still traded him. That's true. So I'm like, I... The Denver Broncos. Somehow, someway. I was going to say, no, they're out of money. They can't. They can't. There's no room. There's they always, have Russell, they'd no. have to trade Russell Wilson's I, contract. No, right. Rags, I don't think he's retiring like that. I just, I don't see him going out The Carolina like Panthers. Even, I, and I don't, I don't know that the, the Packers do trade him, but I don't think that this is his last season. I just, I can't imagine that he goes out like this. He's way too stubborn. All right, we got to go. We got Cubs coming up here, and uh, who knows what, who has Jordans on today. Go Cubs, go. Talk's favorite song, go Cubs. I'm off to Al's Hall. Um. Nick and Will have you covered tomorrow. Bears Packer preview show right here at noon on the CHGO Bears podcast. Uh, make sure you become a diehard member. There's going to be some Bears discussion on the Discord here, I think, in an hour or so. I'm going to figure out with uh, you know traffic and all that stuff. But we'll have some more discussion on the Discord. You also get the newsletter, plenty of coverage at allchgo.com. Become a diehard right now. Uh, you also get 20% off merchandise all the time, like this hoodie. The hoodie's in, man. Hoodie's great. I got my hoodie coming. I love this thing. It's got the little... Uh, I like the little flag patch on the yeah. shoulder. Yeah. You're looking at the wrong shoulder. Yeah. There you go. It's cute. 
Got to go with my Justin, my Justin Fields shoulder. All right. Um, great chat today. Good job, everybody. Bye. Have a great day.